Like him, I killed in the name of good. But the violence of my life pulled my soul towards the darkness. But I fought and freed my soul. Now I watch for others like me. Men are the ones who create evil on Earth. It is the choices they make that enslave their souls to hell. This is the test. Yeah, I was just going to chime in with my favorite subject. I like the word you used, Chance, uh, defragmenting, because that's exactly what deprogramming is to me. We've got these competing parts of ourself sometimes directly opposed, or at least the inner experience is as if there's this opposition. opposition. And so we've got the reality of God's abundant earth, and then we've got the fiction of the of the debt and the lack. And to the degree that you are not able to examine the inner workings and see, you know, what's, what's real, what it's the same inside yourself when you observe and you see what's real. Oh, that programming is actually AI. It isn't even alive without me. It has no existence of its own. Why am I taking instructions from this thing? And then you start to be able to see more clearly as the layers come off and you can follow the truth more easily without a big attachment you know, again, just to to highlight that people were against the good news. They didn't want to hear it because of the attachment, because of the fear programming that they started, you know, it's like sugar or wheat or something that it, it becomes an addiction, even though it's hurting you. And uh, yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm always on that soapbox to, to get control of your inner life so that you can make moves that are simple and true. <laughs> the yeah. the currency of victimhood is way more debt based than Federal Reserve notes. <laughs> I go. love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so true because, um, yeah, especially when it comes to the finance stuff. Uh, you know, Clint or Beth and I did a couple shows on the financial collapse psyop, and the more data that I presented to people, the more they wanted to bury themselves in the narratives that you know everything's going to collapse still. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a healthy way to live like that. And, uh, really what's, what good is it going to be for me to just hold on to gold and silver, which if you do the math, it doesn't keep up with inflation and all that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's really hard for me to see people thinking that way. Although I have been there years before, right? When well, it has the advantage of in, uh, like a bank catching on fire, all the computers break. Etc. Etc. Gold will be gold in a thousand years. That's the <laughs> advantage, but not the value in the market. That that's not a guarantee. Yeah, and uh, you know, thanks to Clint's work, and if you read into it, the statutory price of gold in America is around forty dollars an ounce, contrary to right now nineteen hundred and fifty dollars an ounce. So, by law, in the United States, is actually set at forty dollars. Hasn't changed, and they won't change it anytime soon. So just be wary of that. I mean, the mark. Everyone says gold and silver is highly uh, manipulated down. It's stifled the price when actually it's manipulated up. <laughs> so everything is the opposite of what they think it is, and what we're being taught in the alternative space. And it's really hard for me to just sit back and see all these narratives, and seeing how it affects these people's lives negatively, and some of my friends personally, uh, or members of mine, and 
and so we kind of work some through some things and then uh you know i love it when they can push past the narratives and just you know don't take my word for it look at all the data yourself and see how these things actually correlate to your life Welcome to this TylerBloyer.com live stream. Today we are doing the movement traps, uh, fallacies within the truth movement, and it is July 15th, 2023. We are live as usual on our freedoms.live. I'm watching it right here as a mirror, just checking it out. Uh, so this is one way to view the live stream, freedomsrising.live. I try to give a couple options in case there's any issues with latency or problems with the live stream on the main thing that I stream on is Odyssey. I've uh, We've had mixed reviews here. Let's see if I click live. It does look like, you know, it's pretty close to live there on Odyssey. And again, within our house, it's hard to tell because the cell phone reception is really bad. I'm on the Wi-Fi with my phone here watching it skip and have a hard time keeping up so if there's any issue and you're actually watching live for most people they're not watching live they're watching these after they're recorded so um, we don't have a giant large audience for live streaming that's several reasons for that uh, I'm not all that consistent with my timing sometimes um, I am not always doing a show consistently on a scheduled basis, and that makes it hard for people to know when to tune in live. And, uh, you know, we were deplatformed off YouTube, where most of my subscribers were, and the live show there was actually, you know, as much as I hate YouTube, and I don't actually want, and I actually prefer not to go back to YouTube at all, so I'm not really complaining. They did me a favor getting me off of that platform. It's not that I don't utilize the tool, for information gathering, for learning about things, for, you know, entertainment even. But as far as being on the platform, I don't really miss it. Um, that's a sort of another update here is that I, I may be on Facebook, but I'm not like on Facebook that often. And 
people want to communicate with me through there, like that's my main method of communication. And it's absolutely not. And I, in fact, oftentimes will just ignore people trying to message me through LifeLog, Facebook there. And basically to not, uh, uh, you know, to to get them to see that I'm not going to respond there. So they'll understand. If you do want to get a hold of me for any reason, uh, Tyler at TylerBloyer.com is generally a fine method to do it. I have several other email handles, all kinds of different email. But as far as, you know, communication with me about things that people are often messaging me on a platform like Facebook for, I'd rather just have uh, the email sent out. So you can just send me an email and I will, you know, respond there. It's a preferred method of, of communication. Now I'm on like Telegram as well. You can find me there. And I have a beta version of Gilded going right now. So we are going to be on the Gilded server for tylerblair.com. I I do like that platform so far. There's a way to find the link in the show notes. I think you can get the Gilded link. If not, let me know. Shoot me an email to tyler at tylerblair.com. Do not message me on Facebook. (laughs) And people are, well, I'm on there and it's just so easy to da-da-da. Well, I'm not on there and I don't like to communicate with people through that shit platform and those Nazi scumbags over there at Facebook. So uh, go back and watch my work that I did on uh, the origins of Facebook, LifeLog, DARPA, and see why I might not uh, like that platform so much. I'm going to go here and I forget the title of that. So let me see. It was... Uh, Cyber Pentagon 2.0, I think is what it was. Cyber Pentagon Human 2.0. That was the title of that, if I recall correctly. And yeah, I mean, I don't understand why some... I'm not a social media person. I don't get in... I, I You will see me sometimes commenting or... Uh, yeah, it's not like I don't go scroll sometimes myself on a, on a platform. I'm not trying to say like, I'm such a prude that I don't ever spend time ever doing anything else, but you know, working or something like that. Or I do need, you know, the release or after I do these live shows here, like I'm doing today, you know, sometimes it's nice to go and, you know, watch a movie or just stare at a TV or scroll on my phone. You know, I'm not saying I don't do those things, but I'm not uh, pro Facebook and for any reason in that way for a, a big thing. If you look at my Facebook, it's more about sharing my work. It's more, it, it there are some updates in there. I do have a family. I, we, we, we do fun things together. I understand why people use the platform in that way. I'm like simultaneously over here trying to navigate to that, the title of that episode while I'm explaining that, uh, you know, and if you want to see more of like the personal stuff that would go on, really, Cassandra would probably be the person to follow. Yeah, it was Cyber Pentagon is where I covered that. Uh, Total PSYOP Awareness would be another good one to watch. Uh, consenting to Silence. Getting Ready for Human 2.0. These are all episodes that came out uh, in 2021, early 2021, late 2020. And before we got into the BioSci War, I was covering some things like that. And that's what we do here at TylerBloyer.com. I like to cover and break down uh, things for people. 
and spend the time researching and doing a presentation on a certain topic and putting the information out in a way that can make it easily understandable, easily consumable. So there's various ways to watch the replays of the content that I put out as well as you know, the audio feeds to make it super easy for people that are on like an RSS platform already or using something to watch and listen to podcasts. We don't only just put these out in video form, but also in audio form, which in for like a show like today, it might be easier if you're on the go anyhow, and you're not really going to be looking at the screen anyways. But the idea is that Sometimes I know I just put in my audio, my ear piece, you know, I use like a simple Bluetooth setup and I'm off and I'm listening to all kinds of different things through audio. And yeah, they might've been even made to do on video, but so, you know, going, if you're using Spotify or you're using, um, you know, some other form of RSS feed aggregator, then definitely go find the tylerblair.com feed on there and subscribe. That's a good way to keep up with the stuff that we put out, as well as uh, historically be able to go back and view. All my work is on odyssey.com. There was some issues with Rumble syncing up some of the work, even though it was supposed to sync up all my work. I think they only did like three years or something, so there wasn't quite a full import. But BitChute also has everything I've ever done. And then the website is the central place. TylerBlair.com is where you can find all my work and all the links to everything that we've put out over the years. So today, you'll see the title of the episode is going back into the Falling Into Movement Traps series. And the Falling Into Movement Traps series is something we've been working on for many years. And you can find the topic here in the menu item on my website under falling into movement traps where anything tagged with that is going to show up in that particular section. So this topic is something I I've done, you know, some very serious work on and done more in-depth slideshow presentations, trying to break down the topics. But then there was also a lot of times where I would walk and talk and do just my thoughts on particular topics, uh, but there is more official episodes in that series, like the secondary matrix, the rule of crowdocracy, uh, the consciously creating freedom, the struggle for freedom. Those are going to be some of the longer form episodes on the topic. And then I did a several uh, recap and then new episodes on the topic in the freedoms rising series. So today with you know, the title uh, being fallacies in the movement, in the truth movement, uh, but it is falling into the movement traps continued part one. So you can see I put a part one because I know that we're going to be continuing on with the fallacies in the truth movement topic, a subtopic of falling into the movement traps, but sort of the main focus really overall has been the topic of Uh, the truth movements and the fallacies within the truth movements. And that's what this presentation is geared to do is to expose the problems within some of the movements that I've even associate with people or that I have, or that I do still associate with people in and taking a look at the bullshit within our own circles, you know, and breaking that down too, and not, not to throw stones and not to, you know, just throw stones to throw stones and uh, definitely not trying to throw stones in a glass house either. But really part of the journey and the growth 
should be to be always be able to question, you know, the groups and the people and the edicts and the uh, principles and the different mythology of something that you might even be a part of doesn't mean that it's false, but we do need to look at it and question it. Or maybe it is false and we need to, you know, extract that from our, uh, from our worldview, basically, from the way that we see the world. Not that, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of that today, but let me get back to the opening clip really quick was from an Interverse podcast that happened last week with Brandon Sterling of Safe Haven Portfolio Management, who I mentioned last week in my Liberty Lifestyle updates and put a link and there'll be another link today in the show notes for that, uh, for the Safe Haven YouTube channel, as well as that clip that you saw there. Just making a note not to forget that. And that clip was just a very small clip from what you can see here as was like a three hour episode. And I recommend watching the whole thing because Brandon gave an outstanding presentation on PMAs and trusts and LLCs and the structure that he recommends. Uh, honestly, it's something I probably need to refresher on already to watch again to fully understand. And I think, again, this was one of those times where I was listening, not watching, and he was he had a slide deck on the screen and was going through a presentation, basically. So definitely going to put that in the show notes as well. Uh, I've been getting familiar more with Beth, Beth Martin's work uh, from the House of Free Will. Uh, her YouTube channel I can put in the show notes as well, since she was speaking for part of that opening clip. I'll put her YouTube channel in the show notes as well to not forget that. And then Chance from the Interverse podcast, I'm not totally familiar with him either, but I have definitely seen a lot more of his stuff, and I know he's been around longer. And I think he was even part of some conferences that I was a part of. Uh, not that I was involved in the technical aspect of putting on an online conference. I want to say that he was a part of one of those, but I can't necessarily remember. I'll have to look back. But it seems like a really cool dude. Um, but Brandon is the one that put on the presentation. And uh, again, I've been, you know, researching a lot of there's some sobering, really, I think, healthy information that he puts out to kind of walk you back from some of the psyops that are going on out there. So he kind of gives a sobering, you know, but a good in a good way, like a waking a real sort of waking up to the coffee idea of these truth movements and things that we're going to be going into today and a lot of the fallacies that go on with that. And he works quite a bit with another fellow who I follow his work and really enjoy and appreciate it. Clint Richardson of the reality com, And Clint has his own uh, website set up now called the private underground and this is that website here. And he actually put all his work into a subscriber model. And I think it's like five bucks a month. But he's using this idea of the private membership association to structure this as far as I understand. I will need to create an account. I do appreciate Clint's work enough to be able to contribute to him that small amount. In fact, I'm going to make a note after this to do that and also put this in the show notes as well, but I 
think that this would also be good information. The straw man story, which you might be able to find somewhere else, but you get the audiobook version through the private underground. Uh, let's see. Uh, he, I'm just trying to see if you can easily get, yeah, the strawman.info. This book was really been a life changer for me. And people that are like opposed to some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, like the straw man movements or the sovereign movements, the, the freedom movements, the patriot mythology and patriot movements are going to hear the straw man and be like, Oh, that's just a bunch of bullshit. That's already been debunked. Those people are crazy. But, um, it's really, I think, smart of Clint to use this as sort of a barrier to get through in that first initial reaction. And then also that uh, he really breaks things down as far as how the legal matrix works and the legal fiction and your part of it and, uh, you know, the way out as well. And I think really breaks down the the whole getting out of the matrix. Sorry to use the bad pun there, but really kind of gets you out of a lot of the, you know, incorrect ways of thinking that go on in the truth movements, in the freedom movements. But then also there's real solutions here that, yes, they may not be like I personally have not fully implemented the understanding that came from this book, but it did really enlighten me enough that I actually listened to this book twice myself. I Before the audio book came out, I was using a PDF reader. Again, when I would go walking, I would listen to his book. And that's how I oftentimes will consume books is listening to them. Uh, I have a very hard time actually sitting down and reading. Um, maybe I need you know to practice more, all these things. It usually puts me to sleep is part of the issue that I have. And I just can't sit there and dedicate. I should be able to dedicate time to just sitting and reading, but I do have a hard time with that. I'm fully going to admit that. Doesn't mean that I don't consume the information. I, I just find other ways to do it, like I mentioned. And this book is not small. <laughs> uh, I think like if you, that's probably a legit picture, and it's like twice the size of Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope. I mean, let's see if I can get it to load. It might crash my browser. Like just opening this thing is going to cause problems with the stream. So we're at 1146 pages to get through the book. And the amount of resources and references and breaking down of terms and really navigating through, again, the legal fiction, the legal matrix, and the way out of that is covered in that book. And it's an extremely valuable resource. That's why I'm taking the time. I didn't plan on covering this even. I just... this. Clint has been working with Brandon Sterling quite a bit recently, and uh, Clint's take on things is is quite different than Brandon's as far as you know how they operate in the world or how they want to operate in the world. Um, Brandon is more pragmatic when it comes to how things are and uh, how things work in the world, instead of like being a staunch moralist about like I'm not even going to use Federal Reserve notes. His philosophy is more like that system exists. You know, a lot of the anarchist, libertarian uh, freedom philosophy is utopian. 
and actually not going to manifest in the way or resolve in the way that a lot of those philosophies promote or propose that it will. There's always going to be this antagonist thing in the world that we call the state. There's always going to be the group of people that get together and try to take over and try to do a power play on, you know, whoever, the slaves, the dumb people, the free people, the anarchist community that got together and is outside of the state is not just going to abolish all the government or all that way of thinking completely 100%. There's always going to be that faction, and it's always going to be in opposition with freedom and truth and liberty. And that is reality. It's not like we promote it. It's not like I'm for, you know, the state, because we accept the fact that it's in our reality. It's like, um, you know, we'll get to this later down in the, in the future, but the, it's there's always the reality of how the universe actually works in opposition to what would also be called the non-aggression principle or other principles of these philosophies that we're going to get into and break down and start to pick apart some of the contradictions and start to pick apart some of the fallacies within those fields of philosophy and, uh, you know, the truth movements. Today, we're doing more of a general overview. So we're not going to get in and break down things necessarily. We, we might do a little bit of that. But it's more just to get the understanding across of the main theme of, again, of the movement traps idea and why we're going into falling into movement traps. So uh, we covered the opening clip. Uh, so again, this is a reintroduction back into the movement traps that we'll be covering. Now, by doing that, are we saying that all of it is horseshit and there's nothing to see or there's no reason to go and actually be a part of or join a truth movement or you know, join, I don't know, I'm using weird terminology, but to seek truth, is it, does that, what we're saying that there's just, there's no reason and you should just go back to sleep. That's not at all what we're saying. And I'm going to try to make that really clear today that are there conspiracies? Are there, uh, things that you can know that we can come to know through understand, through research and understanding and a true care for wisdom and a true love of, wisdom, philosophy. Can we use philosophy? Is there a reason to? Yes, of course. And yes, there are conspiracies. And yes, there are false flags. And yes, there are things that are psyops or um, things that are in our world that are directly meant to mislead the masses into non-truths, into, fi into fiction or into lies, uh, to manipulate them, to control them. Uh, these are things that go on. Is there mind control? Yes. Is there, you know, dark forces behind the government that are in control behind the scenes that are using their will and their methods of mind control on a large scale to manipulate and control the masses? Yes, we're not saying that these things don't exist by turning around and looking at our own stuff, my own stuff. I've made mistakes that I'm going to cover that in logic and in reasoning and in, uh, the information that I've taken in and the way that I've interpreted it. And, and, and we have to go back and cover that for people again and again and again, and keep making it more clear, you know, what's not true. And we'll get to that at the very end of the slide deck today, you know, the reason for that and why there's hope in that and why that's a good, clean, normal thing to do, to go back and review and pick apart 
and take down the things that don't make sense, the contradictions, right? It's a continuous process. It doesn't just start and stop and then you've reached the truth and, and freedom and then you're there. This is something that I think, you know, we're somewhat designed to do is to, that's what our, our capacities seem to have been uh, developed. I won't even use the word evolved because it's too touchy, but developed to have these faculties of reason and logic and uh, being able to take two ideas and actually, you know, uh, put them in juxtaposition and look at them and weigh the facts and remove the contradictions. Again, describing the trivium process, which is a tool, but it's not a perfect tool. And it's not the only tool for truth discovery. And it's a method. It's more of a model that people mistake for like now that they understand how the trivium works, they are more intelligent than other people or that they somehow have a truth that other people don't now. Because there is a fallacy within the trivium itself is that when you say collect all the grammar, well, you're not going to have all the grammar. You're not going to ever have all of it. And you might, and then just having the grammar doesn't make your ability to interpret what you have um, somehow bulletproof and your process in the, in the logic phase of the trivium process and the removing of the contradictions. You may not actually be equipped to do that perfectly, or, uh, you know, you might make mistakes uh, accidentally, not saying like you're maliciously doing these things. But the the trivium, just saying it and, oh, the trivium, and, oh, well, now I can go back and read the book, The Trivium, and I, now I can look at a, a diagram of the trivium, and all that doesn't really actually make you perfect. I mean, you know, I can understand a lot about a, a hunting rifle, for example. Um, I can know all the parts, and I can label everything out, but if I don't use it correctly, or I don't even know really how to use it correctly, or I've, you know, been using it a certain way, and I don't really, maybe I've been doing it wrong. It's not going to make me the world's greatest hunter, just because I understand those basic things about a hunting rifle, right? There's like a thousand other things that have to do with hunting that, you know, A, not just about your rifle and your equipment, but, um, you know, where to go, how to hunt that animal, the things you're going to need to do that, the way the wind is blowing, the time of the day, the time of the year, the fact that they're animals, and sometimes they're not all that predictable, you know, sometimes they are. But that's a good example. So uh, I still have a lifetime of learning to grow and continue discovering in my uh, path. I still am not and never will be perfect. And all you know, I've got it all figured out. But again, you can still continue on that journey. And there is things to be gained from going on a journey of truth discovery. And you're going to make mistakes along the way. And that's what movement traps is meant to cover falling into the movement traps is to highlight the pitfalls highlight the problems on the journey that we've documented, right, that we can then turn around and, and help someone else understand better, or give them that tool before they make that mistake to be able to decipher, or maybe we're coming back to clarity again after a time of panic and chaos and fear and fear and fear from whatever, you know, the COVID era that we sort of, you know, seeing back in the distance now, but there was a lot of uh, pandemonium during that time. And people still sort of in the aftershock PTSD of the fear. 
and uh, still making decisions in their lives that are irrational and not good for their family and not good for them and getting in them in positions that end up doing a lot of harm and unnecessary. And so, again, this is also sort of as I get grow older, feeling more as like a fatherly duty that I would do for my own children to help them understand these things. And that is a big part of why I've decided to put out my work under my name on a blog, vlog, whatever you want to call it, that's chronological over time. But then also, you know, my chair, of course, like I said, it, for whatever reason, when I start live streaming, I could sit in this chair for eight hours and not have it do this. And then it's like this angle, I think, where I'm looking up <laughs> at the camera. It puts like this right amount of pressure on this chair. And then I just sink down, sink down. And so I've got to like not only do everything that I'm doing here with this live stream and make sure that I'm making sense of what's coming out of my mouth. Um, but then the chair, like just add in another thing that you got to pay attention and do, right? So how things have been today, honestly, everything I go to touch breaks and then I have to like fix it. Um, and, uh, it's been a struggle getting today's show together, which is why it was an hour later than normal, but I can't push it to tomorrow because tomorrow we have a lot of stuff going on. So like it was going to get done now, or it could get delayed several weeks because of what I have coming up, but we're going to continue with making that content. And, you know, maybe sometimes I am sort of pretending like I am talking to my son when he's five years older than he is now. Um, when he's 10 years older than he is now and needs help with some of this things that I've been through as he approaches these topics or starts to go through things or starts to realize, you know, that we weren't perfect and that we were idiots about certain things that he's going to, you know, quote unquote, wake up to, to realize that the world didn't work the way that he thought it worked and go down the rabbit holes. But on those journeys, the idea of falling into movement traps, again, is to highlight, hey, let's put a tag over here, some caution tape. Let's uh, circle this area off as already marked as complete and uh, wrong. We don't need to go there, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's also meant for uh, the people within the truth movement. So the reasoning is that truthers also tend to be able to do what we're going to talk about, which is look at facts and figures and presentations and information and take in new ideas and hopefully convert that knowledge, that uh, base of information into wisdom through a process of truth discovery and also growing through pains of like, I was wrong again. I was wrong about this thing again. I've been fooled and duped again by this other thing, by this person, by whatever. And in that community, they have a leg up because they actually are a lot of the time able to do that. They've been doing that. They're not surprised again. Oh, shit, I was fooled again. Got me again, you know, all right. You know, it's not that big of like a earth shattering. My whole world is upside down because I was so incorrect about these things. They've pretty much already gone through all that. And you know, or they were just sort of brought up in a way that this sort of common knowledge about, yeah, of course, this is how things work, you know, that the shit's corrupt. It's uh, science isn't about uh, discovering the truth. Science is about getting funding and it's uh, highly influenced. Uh, it's not just some community of truth that just puts out truth, truth. The signal from science is just truth everywhere. It's not that. It's not that at all. 
It's the exact opposite. It's covering up things that could move humanity forward. It's it's the moneyed interests, again, manipulating what gets studied, how it gets studied, how the results come out, if the results come out. And to not understand that and just think that the scientific community, um, again, so, but some people just understand these things, other people, you know, the, you, you're going to come to understand it, or you're going to keep your head in the sand. This is a time of great knowledge and knowledge sharing and information available to us. A lot of people are spending that time and opportunity and wasting it on being entertained on the flashy lights and the whistles and the bells and the, you know, the crowdocracy. They're in the bread and circus. They're um, enjoying their time in uh, in virtual land, you know, on their tablet, on their phone, on their TV. Again, I'm not some saint or uh, Luddite or something that doesn't use these things as well. I do. I also like to do the things that we're doing here today, and I like to put my heart and soul into that work, and that is my life's work to do, to continue down this journey and document it with these various topics that we've been covering, the creature of control, uh, freedoms rising, liberty lifestyle, and also falling into the movement traps, and then various things that we'll do that are just, you know, not in these topics, but all within the same vein of trying to uncover the aspects of mind control and how they work, trying to warn other people, trying to break down the ideas and put them in transportable, you know, material that people can then onboard and take in. That's the whole tool set and use of the technology that we all now have available to us with simple devices like a phone can be used to transmit great and powerful information, or it can be used to completely hypnotize your ass and make you a Illuminati mind controlled slave, you know? So it's not about just giving people information though. And that's, you know, again, what the creature of control attempts to address is that it's not, it's not the fact that like, Oh, if these people over here, this giant, the masses, the crowd, the, the masses of asleep people, we could say, uh, if they just had this information given to them, they would wake up and then everything would start to change. And then, then this utopian world that we have envisioned based on morality and truth and natural law is all going to manifest as soon as the people hear the information, right? And that's a misunderstanding of, of how things change, really, and how people change and the psychology of people that want to be asleep, that want to be in the crowd that want to be part of that. I'm not going to think I'm not going to understand. I don't want to know that information crowd, right? They, they, you could give them the facts. It's not about the facts. It's not about the truth that you're going to give to this person. It's not about how awesome you are at doing it. It's about understanding where they're at, right? Mentally and how they're going to be reached. And unfortunately, again, it's not about just the dynamic of, well, you give them the information and then it's going to, boom, they're going to change and it's all going to totally... Anybody who's tried to do any sort of information sharing with things like, let's say, the topic of vaccines, the topic of uh, climate change, the topic of mental slavery, the topic of mind control, the topic of uh, the Prussian education model being imported uh, into America, into Japan, into all different parts of the world... 
uh, these things that are just looked at as, oh, that's conspiracy. Oh, you're just some crazy conspiracy. Well, there's a reason why people jump to that conclusion immediately as soon as they start to sense that that's the type of person that you are in their world, sick, disgusting, childlike worldview. They, uh, um, you know, they'll categorize you as the threat and the outsider, and they're going to have a response that actually pushes you further away from them in that way. We're going to talk about that today, too, as part of one of the issues with truth movements and the way that these things are approached. Uh, People may see my somewhat relaxed style of publishing my content and the fact that I'm not out uh, creating this service offering behind it that brings in this funnel to me that makes me all this money with the way that I've marketed all my content and now I can have people buy stuff from me and support my life through the way... I'm much more casual and don't actually respect that model all that much. And I think that people should be able to make uh, a living through other means, not necessarily through their audience. And not that that's just a horrible, immoral thing that's like in itself bad or something like that. It's just not my style. But it, I do take the work that I do very seriously. And it's not, that doesn't mean that I'm not in this for the long haul and dedicated to what I'm doing. And even the little bit of lackadaisical on the schedule or when things come out, that's also, again, that's part of how I do it. That's part of how I keep going is to, to do it the way that I do it. So, you know, you can do it your way and I'll do things my way. But the work that I put out isn't necessarily even, again, just about even getting likes and hits and promoting my thing and making myself the front and center thing out there. Um there's a particular type of person that we do create our content for. And for this, again, it's going back to my own circle of influence, you could say, as far as maybe that's a grandiose vision in my own head, but that I do have people in my sphere of influence that are going to be able to hear what I'm saying and will help them on their journey. And I have a belief that they actually have the power to more than the normal person, more than the basic normie average dipshit out there to change their opinion on how they see things. And that um, we can graduate our language and graduate the way we say things and the way that we do approach the rest of the people in the world that we want to see the dynamic shift towards more of how we fundamentally now understand how the how the universe works, how freedom works, and how slavery works, and being able to pull them from the dynamic of slavery into the dynamic of freedom, that is not uh, happening the way that a lot of people would like to see it happen, and that could be a big part on us. How are we doing this? How are, are we doing this wrong? Are we Have we been going about this the wrong way? Maybe these long-form presentations aren't the way to do things. Maybe going in and trying to give people information in this way isn't the way to do it. Maybe being more uh, personable and, again, not drawing strict lines and talking to somebody, getting to know where they're at. And then maybe once the ideas come up and the things come up, we can approach them about how we see it, but only after we've built a strong bridge um, that can transfer that large payload of information across the thing. We want to make sure our bridge is nice and strong before we go ahead and just start shooting massive payloads of information over to this other over this other way and so again I, I do agree with the way of putting out information passively that people can consume 
and not not passively in the way that like you're not assertive or or you're not putting enough spirit into it or something. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can't make someone see the world the way that you do, right? But they may listen to you depending on how you're communicating that information. And so, you know, that's why I do the work that I do. And I don't think that it's 100% everybody needs to do this to make the dynamic shift or whatever like that. That's also something that only some people are going to be able or want to do in the way that we're doing it here, right? So that's, again, uh, this is not directed at the totally fucking asleep people out there. And, you know, we're, we're not trying to affect the masses with the presentation that we're putting out today. We're, we're doing this in more of the inner circle of the truth movement, the freedom movements, the things that I'm not even necessarily a part of because I sort of despise like 99% of the things that go on with those movements. And that's why we're calling it out as well. So let's get into the announcements today and then we'll get into the presentation. So again, the title of today's episode, Movement Traps, Fallacies in the Truth Movement. Falling into Movement Traps Continued Part 1. You can find the Falling into the Movement Traps section there at tylerbloyer.com. And also, check out freedomsrising.live. Again, if you're having any issues with the Odyssey stream, you may have better luck watching the live stream over at freedomsrising.live. It is on the Twitch platform there, but they seem to do a little bit better with bandwidth uh, serving at times where maybe on a Saturday Odyssey is having a hard time or something like that. I don't know. But again, like my personal internet connection here, I'm using mainly dedicated to the stream, but my cell phone service seems to indicate issues with the Odyssey stream so if you're having an issue, try freedomsrising.live, and that might get you a smoother live experience. And also, you know, just reminding myself here, maybe I should try to check in on the live chat from time to time. There have been times where people are like trying to tell me something and I'm not, I just don't even look at that. So I will work on that myself and try to do better, a better job at, if you have a comment, you are watching live and you have a question. I'll try to keep an eye on, on that as well. But that's done over at Odyssey, not at freedomsrising.live. You can also find my work on the One Great Work Network. There are many, many outstanding content creators on the One Great Work Network, and you can go there and see a live stream of the One Great Work Network content, as well as... Go to see all the different creators that are part of the One Great Work Network. And if you're looking for something different, you're definitely going to find it there. There's there's not your average basic dipshit information being put out on the One Great Work Network. You can go to the All tab when you get to that website and see uh, the live publishing feed of when things are coming out. Again, you know, starting there is a much better place to go than your, you know, your Facebook feed or your YouTube uh, channel. Just to, if you're looking for stuff that's different and new and well done, these content creators on the One Great Work Network are, like I said, just an outstanding group of individuals. And I want to thank again 
uh, Mark Passio for putting on the One Great Work Network and allowing me to publish my content there and be a part of the project as well. And uh, I've been trying to get more involved again on the back end of things with with uh, the One Great Work Network and, you know, chiming in where I can help people, helping people on board into places that they don't know how to get to. Uh, you can reach out to me. I am still associated somewhat with the technical components of the back end if you're having any problems and you're part of the One Great Work Network crew. I know there's a lot of people still having challenges with accomplishing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. When it comes to publishing or joining a, a certain thing or trying to figure out where the telegram is or whatever, and a lot of the people are, like myself, quite busy, but I will take those things and help you You know, get done with whatever you're trying to get done. You can email me at tyler at tylerbloyer.com. Coming up in September, which is now getting even closer is the Seed 5 Metamorphosis online conference. This is a free online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbolism, and natural law. Again, I am helping out with the production of this, the live production, and uh, looking forward to, to reviewing all the great content creators' uh, work that they'll be putting out for this live conference. And then... Uh, Again, that's a Saturday and Sunday, so it should be a time where you can listen in to the live. I will be sharing the links in my resources that you can find here in the show notes. And again, a lot of the people from the One Great Work Network I see on that list. I'm probably pretty much everybody on that list is in the One Great Work Network as well. So uh, we're re- really looking forward to it. Thank you, Brandon and Nate, for getting me over. The artwork that I'm sharing here today uh, was done by Nate Cap. And uh, we are humming along now in, in the uh, Gilded. Everybody, that's it's exciting to see everybody focusing on this event now and, and preparing to make it an excellent thing for the viewers to interact with. And we're, that's one of the goals this year is to make it more interactive with the audience during the live thing. So watch for the links at seedtruth.com on where you'll be able to watch the live stream. And you can find out more information there as well. Again, today, this is a falling into movement traps edition. So we've been working on this idea now for probably a good six years or so. And it really started with me realizing that I was putting out and joining and saying and doing things that were actually incorrect. And that even though I had put a lot of energy and effort into the path that I was on and that I thought I had found um, so many things that made a lot of sense when I first heard them ended up being fallacious in themselves and things that are parroted and repeated back again to, to people in the, in the truth movement continuously have this problem where they are parroting false information down, back downstream and putting out bad information uh, unknowingly a lot of the time, but some of the time it's knowingly and malicious and we'll get into that where where people might have the realization that I did, but instead of like accepting and then admitting and going back and trying to help other people understand, they actually double down and take advantage of the people that are stuck in those mindsets, even though they already know it's bullshit. And then they'll, because they have that higher psychological understanding and they're a sick individual, they use that higher knowledge to then manipulate the freedom movement and the truth movement for their own gains. And this is more like personal gains. I'm not even talking about like the larger 
governmental intelligence agencies, cartels behind the scenes, you know, manipulating the masses or the truth movements through psychological operations and false information and agent provocateurs and uh, infiltration of groups and things like that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about people within the quote unquote freedom and truth movement themselves. You know, for example, with like a lot of the patriot mythology that I'll talk about a little bit today, the patriot movements, the financial advice or advisors or legal, like you got to file this particular paperwork with the IRS here, and then you take back your estate. And now you've taken your birth certificate back from the, you know, and they are actually charging people to give them the information on how to do these things to navigate the the financial or the legal matrix, which ends up being false information, which ends up getting a lot of people in trouble and a lot further, you know, drawn into the courts and things like that than they were before. And, you know, the, these guys are out with the bag. They, at that point, they're not, you know, they've taken your money from you. They've gotten the thing that they wanted from you. And they understood it was bullshit. They just, you know, have been using that information and knowledge to get ahead by manipulating the truth and freedom movements. So that again, is I've gone into quite a bit on why we're doing falling into the movement traps. Uh, so again, you can catch some of the more in-depth episodes I have here on the screen on my website, tylerbloyer.com. And these are just a few of the ones that I'm actually quite proud of and look back and still draw information for my future presentations like I've done today. There's quite a bit in here that I've pulled from these older presentations as today is sort of the recap and the re going back into the topics. And some of it is, you know, again, if somebody says, well, you used that slide before you said this before, like, yeah, again, we're going back over and reviewing and picking apart even further. And we're going to look at things from a different angle now that we're six years into thinking about these things. We've come a long way. I have come a long way. I have been able to change my mind about a lot of different things that I was wrong about that I've discovered was false information. And that's something I knew when I started creating content that would happen, that I would be making mistakes because I was sort of a younger person trying to get into a, a bigger thing. But I, I felt the moral obligation to do so at the time that I did, even if there were chances that I would make a mistake or need to make a retraction or completely, you know, be putting out information that ends up being wrong. Well, that's part of falling into movement traps motion and the cleansing that we're doing here is cleaning up the mess that we might have even been involved in participating in. But part of the issue is, is that the greatest obstacle to discovery is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge. And that's Daniel J. Borstein that said that. And again, a slide from a pre previous covering of this information that I have here. But that's uh, very true, that thinking that we've got it figured out, thinking that we've got the big picture, uh, thinking that you are, you know, so much better and smarter than everyone else, because you've figured out these certain aspects of something. Oftentimes you see those people having some of the biggest ignorance out there because they are settling into not only growing older and your, you know, your brain might start to kind of settle into thinking the th things and wanting this sort of stop 
going with the breaking the things down side of things and stop going with the growth and oh my god i was wrong again oh i'm kind of done you know that's as you well now i've kind of got it all figured out and that can be the greatest barrier too taking in more knowledge and growing further and we can continue to grow all the way up till the end we don't have to solidify into a way of seeing that doesn't you know but we will come across things in life and in the truth seeking process that we can settle on as like yes that is true or there's enough of what i know is not true about this thing that there are only so many things left that could be true about this thing and we can you know i'm not saying like and then you throw that all out like you know there's cer- certain things that stay as part of the the uh you know the pyramid that you're of knowledge that you're building there are fundamental axioms that can be relied on as the truth and we're going to talk today about how the truth being objective and the difference between that and our subjective perception of it but the fact that there is still an objective truth underlying even your misperception or subjective observing of the truth and so again you know being here and doing this is part of the idea that I have an obligation to help people understand and discover and go through these things. And so there's a funny memes throughout this uh deck today and I'll continue to always use memes as a way to lighten things up a little, but it's like the dark side of Kermit the Frog and the light side here and uh having a conversation about, you know, do we just chill and let natural law take its effect and just sort of relax with the way things are and let people go on their journey or do we try to liberate them with information and truth you you decide which one's wearing which on which side here you know but um i today we've chosen and we all continue to choose to try to help liberate people with information and truth of course So now we'll get more into the real starting of the presentation and that's fallacies in the truth movement is the topic today. Then the truth movement is full of bad information. So it's not just that there's a little bit of oh we're going to oh we need to discuss a few things. There's there's probably way 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 more shit information out there than there is actual good stuff and you it's our jobs to sift through it all. And that shouldn't dissuade us from doing so. It just means that that's the reality of the situation that we need to accept and understand if we're going to continue on our journey of truth, discovery and enlightenment. You you need to realize that there are there's disinformation, misinformation. You can decide the difference between the two of those. There's there's intentional bad information or there's just information put out there that's wrong. That might not even be intentional, but it's just incorrect information that's put out. And then there's the psychological operations component. And if we were putting these in a list of like top to bottom, that would probably be the biggest aspect of this as far as how things are manipulated, how bad information gets out there. Um, But then there's also just, again, the fact that we're human beings, there's issues in the presuppositions, there's issues in the logical processing processing. There's issues with the understanding or the 
interpretation of the fundamental axioms, right? Because of our subjective nature that we are not just, we don't just see the truth and know the truth and everything's the truth through an objective reality that we live in or something like that. And I'm not saying that truth is subjective. I'm saying that our interpretation of information is subjective. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. It's coming through your brain. It's coming through the way that you've been wired. It's coming through the way that you've been pre-programmed or brainwashed or mind controlled or just kind of how you've naturally developed nature versus nurture, of course, here, but, uh, and which one's more powerful, we could, we could argue, but nurture probably being far more informative as far as how we form the way that we see the world. And that is the subjective part of you that's going to interpret information. You cannot just be a hundred percent objective in the way that you view things. You're not, you're not perfect in that way. You're, you're, you are a subjective being and there is an objective underlying reality but there's your perception of that is going to be through your lens. And there are correct lenses, and there are very incorrect lenses. So I'm not saying that morality is subjective based on how that person sees morality. That's not what I'm saying. There is an objective morality. Your job is to try to align your behavior with that truth, knowing that you may not be 100% accurate, but that you can continue to grow closer to that point and that there is a vibration of truth that you can grow closer to aligning with you know through your effort it is an effort though this is something that you have to to attempt to put forward is getting better with your issues with presuppositions and logical processing it's not something you just have and you're just oh you're gonna you're gonna be great you're going to have to develop this muscle and continue to develop it as you go down your journey in life or just your journey in general. But also, you know, especially when we're talking about trying to teach others in a, in a spiritual way, enlighten them to a higher level and do it properly and do it in a way that's, that's actually like legit and honorable. We have to continue to develop that, you know, ability. So moving on, the fallacies in the truth movement are uh, not complete here in in the form of these things that I covered in the last slide, but that's a good starting point. But there's there's still more to be said about that. But we're, again, today doing a higher level overview. But uh, the truth movement is full of psyops and psyop after psyop, and the trend only continues to grow is the point that we wanted to get across here with this slide, that there's one psyop, and then there's uh, as soon as there's another thing, there's another psyop, and it's another psyop, and it's another, and that's continuously in the mainstream, or even now in the alternative realm, and even we do this to ourselves as sort of truth seekers, or the you know the truth community creates its own cybernetic loop of psyop information, almost self-generating now without even the need of anyone else from the outside trying to influence that. There's just our own, like I said, a cybernetic loop of bullshit and patriot mythology and misinformation and people trying to take advantage of people in the truth movement and creating this fear cycle, porn, fear porn cycle, uh, or the just the continual drip of the same 
wrong information about certain things that becomes the mythology of that movement of the freedom community that's thinking they all think this certain way and it's all it's incorrect but because it's been so instilled and so repeated that it becomes and that's sort of what we do and this this guy is obviously going from one psyop to the next right so uh, truth movements are most likely the most infiltrated and targeted groups of psychological operations because they actually hold the ability to potentially even actually make a true actual good change in the world for how thing how get people out of human slavery and change the dynamic of the control system and the psychopaths at the top that take advantage on a much grander scale than what we're talking about with just people take advantage of you know, in a monetary way of people in the truth movements, but uh, we're targeted much he- more heavily because of our ability to do like what we're doing here, here, broadcasting out information, getting information out there. Well, if we can tinge that with horseshit and nonsense and things that we know are going to put other people off and kind of get that going as the thing that people talk about in the truth movement, then, you know, that's more of a attacking the enemy supply line type thing. Like they're, they're more targeted for that reason than even asleep people are throughout their life, even though they're heavily manipulated, heavily targeted with propaganda, manipulation, coercion, uh, fear, manipulation, mind control. They're, they're all, the masses are definitely targeted, but as we'll get into some of the topics today, there, there are reasons why, the truth movement specifically is more targeted in that way. Take a sip here. Then we'll get into the next quote by our Buckminster Fuller, who says, The dark ages still reign over all humanity, and the depth and persistence of the domination are only now becoming clear. This dark ages prison has no steel bars, chains, or locks. Instead, it is locked by the misorientation and built on of misinformation. Caught up in a plethora of conditioned reflexes and driven by the human ego, both warden and prisoner attempt meagerly to compete with God. All are intractably skeptical of what they do not understand. We are powerfully imprisoned in these dark ages simply by the terms in which we have been conditioned to think. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, I don't believe in God or I don't think that we are competing with God in that way. It's not, you know, or that's a divisive word. And it's just saying that there's a higher forces and higher laws in motion here in this reality. And that is what we are. That is the ruler of, of, you know, if we're saying no rulers, it well, except for natural law and except for, well, the except for is what we would know as God or reality or the universe itself. And you can get, Oh, well, I have this Christian connotation of God or I'm an atheist or whatever. Well, if we want to go into defining terms, again, the creator, the creation itself, everything being God, right? And so if you're saying, I don't believe in that, you're saying, I don't believe in everything, then then you don't believe in reality, like you don't believe in, and that's, 
that's one starting point in philosophy, I guess. Like, I think it's a little bit anti-philosophical, actually, because um, you're basically saying that nothing exists, and that's more like solipsism. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on through the presentation here. It's a, it's a hot one today down here where I'm at, and now that I've got the lights on and my door closed and the fans off to reduce the noise, it's, a, it's now starting to be like a boiling point in here. <laughs> Once I finish, I'll like open the door and like whoosh, all the hot air will come out of this room. I got like five different computers running, uh, lights, uh, other things that are heating this room up and it's in the back of the house. So anyway, I will try to stay focused on the presentation today and not get into my uh, habitat here too much. But again, we're trying trying to keep it a lot more real with these live streams and myself and also, you know, putting myself down as an actual just regular person here talking as well. We're not trying to come down to some sort of authority with this information, but there is interesting things that we're going to discover through this uh, journey with the fallacies and the truth movement. So examples of some of the main movement trap topics are groupthink, patriot mythology, and these are going to be gone into more in depth here. So I'm just talking about the main topics here that, and this isn't everything included. This is some of the main topics, examples of some of the main topics. I didn't say all, this is everything you need to know. I didn't say that either. These are some of the things that we're going to focus on. And in the continuing work that we do and, and the upcoming work that I'm going to be putting out, this will be uh, these these would be some of the topics that we'll go more in depth on, but there'll also be other things. So groupthink, that's a big part of the truth movement fallacies and why that's the psychological component of why that is the way that it is. Because people, no matter what group of people, there's always a certain amount that are getting involved in groupthink. And uh, we'll talk about Laban's The Crowd and the dynamics of that today. So, but there's also the patriot mythologies. There's the mythos of the freedom and patriot movement and the sovereign citizen crowd and that uh, group of things, which could also be with the next two, you know, ec economic solutions, political solutions could really all be grouped into that patriot mythology. But there's also focus on economic solutions that are outside of the sort of patriot mythology realm and more in like the love and light anarchist community or the natural law community like these are also areas where economic solutions can be a problem not just in the patriot mythology mythos stuff that we're going to be getting into as well but the belief in uh, political solutions would be another one uh, principles and i put it in quotes because they're actually not principles but they're put forward by libertarianism or anarchism things that are like perceived or put out there like as the truth this is just the way that it is and this is the solution and how it works and the, it's a principle and they're they're even calling a lot of these things principles that aren't principles whatsoever and they're just they're principles because it fits your utilitarian value system that you're putting it's just like conveniently the way that it is because of the way that you see the world and not actually put up against a hard you know, scru the scrutiny of 
oh, well, I have the trivium, so these are principles, and I've put it through it, so I already know. But you're, like, making these giant mistakes in, in actual... You're just fitting it into the way that you want to see the world versus it actually being an axiom, axiomatic principle as what principle should be in correlation with an axiom or a perceived, you know, self-evident truth, something that can be just known because it is that way. It's so obvious because of the way that it works and the way that it, uh, the way that it fundamentally works makes it a principle. Well, a lot of the time we're finding that that axiom is fallacious and that there are contradictions in the logic being applied there. So we'll talk about that. And then the quote-unquote being awake people, right? And the fact, again, that they come to these conclusions and then sort of stop on their journey and and then, you know, basically stop analyzing the information and start just claiming to be awake and not even and being the furthest thing from awake a lot of the time. And so there's that we'll talk about. And then the militant truther or sort of, you know, the guy that ruins Thanksgiving dinner every year because everybody thinks he's, uh, you know, kind of off base, off context, always injecting his opinion, his way of seeing things onto other people uh, or just, you know, dedicating to the, these, again, a lot of the false stuff that gets put out there. But they're militant about it. Like, it's just. And if you're not that way, then you're wrong and you're a bad person. Oh, oh. And pushing a lot of people away from them. And then, of course, the a big topic that we're not going to get into too much today, but we will down the road of the influencers, right? The influencer movement, the the idea of these gurus and some of the stuff that they put out. And so we'll move forward here onto the next slide to just cover that just because we're analyzing the truth or the truth, sorry, the movements, the truth movements and the freedom movements does not mean that we're arguing, you know, against truth itself. I'm not arguing the opposite of truth. I'm not saying, so it doesn't exist and it's all pointless and there's no reason to go down that journey. And you're, it's all, you know, subjective, man, you can just figure it out and you do what's right for you. And I'm not saying that either. I'm not arguing the opposite and saying that there isn't. I thought I made that pretty clear too in the beginning, and I'm trying to just reiterate now that I do think that there is an objective truth. I do think that we can discover through our through our journey, we can make very good improvements in our understanding and even become a lot closer to understanding the truth. But there is an objective reality, an objective truth, and then there's your subjective experience of that. But there are still right ways of being and incorrect ways of being. There are things that violate other people. There are things that violate nature and its law. And then there are things that don't do that. There's an an infinite amount of things that you can do that don't violate those things, but there are certain things that are incorrect according to natural law and according to a way of living that would bring about more human freedom versus a way of living that perpetuates and continues on the human slavery system. So the truth is objective, And I'm not shying away from making that as a truth claim. That is a claim that I am relying upon here that I'm using as one of the fundamental starting points in what we're putting forward here. 
So the truth is objective and does not change due to the subjective perceptions of man. The truth is simply that which is or that which has occurred. So again, it's not some far out, hard to understand thing either. It is simply those things that have actually gone, undergone the process of occurring, right? That the the waveform dynamic of potential out there that could be versus the collapsing of that into things that actually happened in fundamental reality. So again, a lot of starting points here being claimed by myself that I do understand there's arguments against these things. And I'm addressing this by saying again, like I was saying earlier, on the journey, there are points where you reach where you are putting down what you think is the fundamental axiom and basing the the building of your knowledge on these fundamental principles and axioms, it doesn't mean that there that you at that point in time, when you go through these processes, are 100% right either. It's a ongoing process. But there are certain things that I'm the way that I'm coming from when I explain information that are built based on these building blocks, so that you can understand why I'm saying things in the way that I'm saying them. How I'm putting things depends on the fact that I am not an atheist. I am not a moral relativist. I am not a solipsist, right? I do think that the truth is objective. I think that there is an objective morality. I don't think it's a subjective thing that you get to decide what the difference between right and wrong is. And uh, in the next slide, we'll just put this together with uh, Gerald Massey saying, they must find it difficult those who have taken authority as truth rather than truth as authority. So authority is not truth. The truth is authority. Just because man's law or the government or authority figure, so-called authority, false authority, really, this is just a false claim. There is no real authority in other human beings. It's all just a belief system that we hold, a false belief system that keeps the planet of slavery continuing. Um, but the, the, uh, the truth is the authority, and uh, the creator is the authority. There is something, uh, it's not just all, again, about no rulers whatsoever. No, there is a ruler. It's called the creator of the universe. And it's, you can fight against that all day and tell and scream and how wrong that I am for even making that claim, but you don't get to decide that. You're, you, you, again, aren't the arbiter of truth. You're not the one who decides what reality is and what isn't. That's not how things work. You're mistaken if you think that way. And it doesn't matter how much your ego wants to get in the way of that and say that, uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's more about how you see it and the way people see things. I I addressed that in the beginning, that I understand that there is a subjective reality that we're all living in. But what we're getting at here is that there is an ultimate underlying truth. doesn't mean that you know it 100%. It doesn't make me perfect because I'm explaining this, right? I don't turn around and fucking get ultimate superior enlightenment powers because I understand these fundamental axioms. It's just the way that it is. And I don't get to decide what reality is and what it isn't. I can perceive things in far vastly different ways and even have the power to uh, go about uh, perceiving things in incorrect ways just to, to 
give it a, a take from a different angle, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I know that there is an objective truth about the thing, whatever it is that's there. I just might be perceiving it incorrectly. It's got something popping up over here, taking up, I don't know, my CPU is cranking. I don't know why today it's like so high for basic things. I think there's some, I don't know. It seems like the NDI on the OBS outputting to the Freedom's Rising stream is like uh, causing a higher CPU usage or something like that. So hopefully we don't have a crash is my point. But uh, from Jadu Krishnamurti, one of the gurus, the gurus out there, the shit gurus, he's uh, so enlightened. No, I'm just... Uh, you know, again, what he says here, I think is absolutely a hundred percent true. I just, maybe I don't necessarily think, uh, Jadu himself is part is clean as far as what I was saying about people taking advantage of other people because they have a superior knowledge set and, uh, falling for gurus and things like that. But it is truth that liberates not your effort to be free. So again, it's the journey and our understanding and our implementation of what we understand and then a continuous process of revising based on the information that we got wrong. That's the path to freedom and the path to truth. It's that which is going to help liberate you, not... And, uh, you know, I've, I've always liked the, or the uh, illustration here of a fly caught in the spider's web, which we all are. Is it is it flailing around and freaking out and making rash decisions and, you know, doing things that are extreme that are going to get us free? No, that's only going to draw the enemy closer to us. There's got to be a much more elegant way to go about getting out of that spider's web. And so my way of looking at that is that you have to create a positive relationship with the self, the uppercase self your connection to this universe, right? To the creator. And uh, the fact that we're a part of that and, and having that relationship with the creator be a positive one. And with the truth, with your, with your concern of discovering the truth and your passion and love of more knowledge and wisdom through philosophy, through something that doesn't involve, remember, pay attention to the comma and then, and then others. Not that other people aren't a part of it, not that you shouldn't have a family, not that you shouldn't love other people, but those other things, the positive relationship with the self and the truth are coming before others. Because those things are, they're hot, they have a higher weight. <laughs> they have a higher priority for us, especially with the responsibility that we have to future generations that I have for my children to create a better world and one that is based in truth, love, wisdom, philosophy, and not just ego, pleasure, and hypnotizing AI and making things easy and pleasurable, not based in the pleasure principle, but based in the truth. But then 
you can have a positive relationship with others as well. And that's more important than any other movement, group, or cause. So the, the movements, the groups, the, the, even the cause of those groups and movements are not as important as, as those other primary things. So what is a fallacy? That's part of the title today, Fallacies in the Truth. What is a fallacy? So already we're, we can't avoid getting into philosophy. And a better starting question may have been, what is the law of non-contradiction? So why are we even talking about fallacies? Why are we even bothering to take the time to break this stuff apart? Because, again, we have these starting points, and one of them is that the things should be consistent, that the universe doesn't make mistakes or lie to you. It, there, it's a consistent underlying reality that we create the contradictions through our understanding. We are the ones that inject the problems of misunderstanding of the information. Our perception of that is what's flawed. But understanding that there is a law of non-contradiction is another place that we're starting from or a starting point in our in the philosophy and classic uh, philosophy. It's not like my starting point that I came up with. So let's get into first, we'll get back to the law of non-contradiction. But let's talk about what is a fallacy again. And this is from Info Galactic. You should get a very similar result when looking at Webster's Dictionary or something like that. So I usually do compare things like this that I'm trying to give a definition for in multiple dictionaries, including my Webster's 1828. A great resource is Webster's Dictionary 1828.com. And I also can't really stand Wikipedia and the fact uh, the way that they censor information and the way that they skew things is often in the super woke, super lefty um, worldview that is not often accurate. And a lot of the time is part of the psyop of covering up things and getting people to believe wrong information instead of actually helping them to understand information. So I use an alternative just because I, again, can't really stand Wikipedia, called Info Galactic. And then this is basically, you know, the boilerplate, basic dipshit, standard definition of what a fallacy is. The, that is consistent with other places, is the point I'm trying to make. And it's not, oh, well, you're using Info Galactic, so you're, you're coming from... And it's like, no, this, this is well understood of what a fallacy is defined as. And same with the next slide is from the same source. So now that we've gotten that out of the way... In philosophy, a formal fallacy, also called a logical fallacy, is a pattern of reasoning rendering invalid by a flaw in its logical structure that could that can neatly be expressed in a standard logical or logic system. For example, propositional logic, an argument that is formally fallacious, is always considered wrong. A formal fallacy is a con is contrasted with an informal fallacy which may have a valid logical form and yet be unsound because one or more of the premises is false. So essentially, again, there's fallacies tend to be contradiction that can be, and there are very many forms of fallacies. And there's a, you know, plenty of resources out there where you can get like a list of the top fallacies that you can start to study and get an idea of what these logical fallacies are and how to spot them. So um, just as, as an example, I'll pull, pull up one of those lists and get into, 
you know, the appeal to probability, the argument from fallacy, uh, the non sequitur fallacy, the masked man fallacy. Uh, those are formal fallacies. Uh, and there are many other, right? Uh, the straw man argument. These are other forms of fallacious reasoning and fallacious argumentation that can actually be known. And you can point out the logical inconsistencies. And again, going back to, well, why would you want to do that? Well, because of the law of non-contradiction. And another fundamental principle in philosophy, in classic logic, the law of non-contradiction or the law of contradiction or the principle of non-contradiction, or the principle of contradiction, is the second of the three classic laws of thought. It states that contradictory statements cannot both be true in the same sense at the same time, e.g. the two propositions A is B and A is not B are mutually exclusive, meaning they both can't be true. A can't equal B, and also A does not equal B, and those two things cannot. There's a, an inconsistency there. There's a contradiction. So we we know that there's either a lie, a, a purposeful lie, or a mistake being made here, because in nature there are no contradictions, right? So again, there's an objective underlying truth to is A B or is A not B, um, but saying that both of those things are true it can't obviously cannot be true because those two things are counter opposite. They are opposite of each other. So that's it for today's philosophy lesson. And that's it for the soapboxing on that truth is objective. And that's our starting point, And that's where we're coming from here. And so also, again, just because we're picking at truth movements doesn't mean that we're saying that they're always so fucking crazy and there's no conspiracies and there's nothing being covered up and there's nothing in the truth movements that have been true. Like, we're not saying that either. We're saying that there are things that we do need to look at that are incorrect and inconsistent in the truth movements and the freedom movements, and that does need to be brought out. So just before we get further along here, it's important. Uh, these are both basically memes, but they make the point of, yeah, sometimes you need to say, in light of that new information, now I guess I've changed my mind, or, oh, I didn't know that before, I guess I was wrong. These are common tools in what should be the truther movement mindset, or the tool bag of the truther, um, that end up being like everyday phrases, they should be. Like, oh my god, I was incorrect again about something. And it shouldn't even be that shocking. It should just be like, oh, another giant thing that I was totally incorrect about that I thought I was so sure that this was the way that it is, or I've even repeated this to other people, oh crap, or I put out work and articles on this thing. Well, you should still be able to say, oh man, but I was so wrong about that. Like I had that wrong, crap. Now I've got to go back and correct that, right? Now I've got to go back and actually cover the things. And a lot of people don't do that. They just kind of sweep it under the rug and try to move on and they hide the fact that they're, they know that they're being inconsistent, but they, again, some people will take this even further and start to use that information to actually manipulate the people that they know are still making these fallacies, that they know are still having a problem with their logic. Uh, we're getting something here. I'm just checking on something here. So we look fine. We're streaming over there. 
still and we still got our recording locally so even if there's a problem we'll be fine it's just easier for me if that doesn't happen but it looks like we're good so again if you're not willing to change to challenge your own beliefs then you are your own and most effective prison warden very true good illustration there Because it's you that's going to keep you in that place. Your inability to admit that you are wrong and that you have made, it could even be for years. Oh, for, for decades I've made this claim or I've thought this thing and it's incorrect. Well, you're, you're basically warden of your own prison. You're the one keeping you enslaved. You're the one keeping other people enslaved through your ignorance. The bigger problem here is that through all the ignorance... We are all being enslaved because of other ignorant people. It doesn't just affect you. It's not just about your way of seeing that you're actually, if you're not doing the process that we've been talking about so far, it's likely that you're actually the one who has helped perpetuate the slavery system and you don't even know it. You don't even realize that the things that you promote are actually the things causing the largest amount of harm on the planet, even though you'll virtue signal for days about all this, the propaganda that you've been taught to virtue signal about, that you care so much, but yet you still support a system of control and slavery. So James E. Talmadge says, The man who cannot listen to an argument which opposes his views either has a weak position or is a weak defender of it. No opinion that can stand discussion or criticism is worth holding, or sorry, that cannot stand discussion or criticism is worth holding. And it has been wisely said that the man who knows only half of any question is worse off than the man who knows nothing of it. He is not only one-sided, but his partisanship soon turns him into an intolerant and fanatic. In general, it is true that nothing which cannot stand up for discussion and criticism is worth defending. So again, we need to be able to look at both sides of an argument. We need to be able to see the counter-oppositioning, uh, oppositional argument to our own worldview, and we don't have to agree with it, we don't have to accept it, but we do need to at least understand what it is, because there could be a big chance that maybe that's not true either but maybe somewhere in the middle there is a truth and that's you know dialectics that's classical dialectics isn't the hegelian dialectic and what all another thing repeated in the truth movement that everybody in the truth movement thinks like the word dialectic itself is a bad thing or something and then they talk about the hegelian dialectic the hegelian dialectic and they just repeat the same trash and garbage and don't understand the dialectics exacts as actually part of your precious trivium that you always talk about. Part of it is weighing the different facts and different opinions and opposing them against each other, not necessarily to say that one of them is true and one of them is not, but then oftentimes finding the path to the more correct answer through dialectical opposition. But, unfortunately, in one way, uh, in one aspect of denial and 
being under mind control that uh, someone who almost 100 years ago realized that it is difficult to get man to understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding it. And I would just swap out salary with worldview or presuppositions, things that you want to be true that you don't want to let go of. It's very difficult to change your mind when your life depends on it. And oftentimes that's the way the amygdala, the base brain, the reptilian brain, sees new information as a threat because it's threatening the way that they see the world. So there's an immediate response of fear against this new information because it might upset the way that I see the world, which could put me in a precarious position. I might have to be one of those weirdos that makes YouTube videos that tries to go out and explain things to people because <laughs> I feel like now a moral obligation. So I'm just going to avoid all that because in the crowd, I'm safe. In the group and not sticking out too much, this is deep human psychology, right? We don't want to be left out of the group because then we'll be outcast from the village. We might not get a chance to get in on the food. We might not get it fed or shelter or fire or warmth. The group is part of my survival, right? So threatening my existence in the group is not just threatening me because I'm lazy. It's actually perceived in the base brain as a threat to your very existence itself. So here it's in a monetary aspect, and that is so true, absolutely, 100%, that people will not see the sickness in the institution that pays their paycheck, right? But you can expand that further out to you know, what I'm explaining about actually, it's actually a threat to their existence or perceived that way. It might not actually be, especially in today's world, you can hold wildly different views than the group, the crowd, the other people. And it's not like you're then not let in the Walmart, right? Or at least not yet. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't speak too loud to give them ideas. So, Epicurus says, let no one delay the study of philosophy while he is young, and when he is old, let him not become weary of the study, for no man can ever find the time unsuitable or too late to study the health of his soul. And then I took that picture of a painting that was in a, a music venue downtown Salt Lake on the ceiling, or it was pretty cool. It says, the real revolution starts within. And I, I like that because it, revolving things do go back, and that's, again, what you need to continue to do. Like what Epicurus said, we're not ever done. You continue to go back and look and go back and look and review. Uh, you take another look at the information, you go back and remove more contradictions in the way that you thought it worked and take in more information and go continuously do that process. And that's a revolution that you can't make someone else care about. You can't. And that's why it does start within because you're not able to make someone do this, right? They have to care enough about, that's why I said the re true positive relationship with the self, because you need to know that the creation does matter and that what you do does matter and that you care enough to know that there is a moral obligation of you and being asked of you while you're here. It isn't just fun and uh, dancing and roses all the time. It's not that it's not those things. It is fun and there is a lot of fun things, but there's, there's a reason. 
for all this. It's not just some random crap, guys. You're not just in some video game that doesn't matter. There's a reason why we're here. And we have an obligation to fulfill that purpose. And, uh, you know, I'm all about the Viktor Frankl search for meaning and finding your meaning in your path. But it needs to tie back to these underlying fundamental principles and axioms. You, You must have a relationship that matters more about being correct with the truth, not that you're 100% correct because you want that or that you understand that. But most people are lost in the group. They are lost in the crowd. They are completely uh, obliterated mentally. They don't think for themselves. They're parroting mis and bad information that they've been conditioned to continue to do because it fits in better with their worldview. It's more comfortable as a slave than as an uncomfortable free person for them. And in the group, the truth is a uh, what I... oh. I uh, must have forgot actually to swap out the text on this slide. So I'm going to switch to the next slide. And it says, what is groupthink? It is the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. Right? So it's... uh, an accepted dumbing down to just be nice. And let's let's look up what nice means in the dictionary. It means to be stupid, right? And it, to play stupid and to just go along and be nice is to be part of the crowd, right? Because what, what we're doing, and we're going to pick apart some of the fallacious reasoning and thoughts and beliefs in the truth movement. Oh, that's not getting along with your group, Tyler. That's not trying to be a part of, of the community, well, maybe I'm not trying to do that. Maybe I'm trying to help those people get out of those movements and break free from the mind control in the movements that a lot of the time, like I said, it's this like truth or community perpetuating cybernetic loop thing. And it actually ends up being a lot of scarcity mentality, negative self-talk, uh, self-destructive uh, thinking and behaviors that actually b- become toxic in a lot of the in a lot of the circles and truth community uh things oh things yeah that's uh, very well said there anyway you get trying to do a lot at once sometimes you the serial analog uh part from the brain to the mouth doesn't work very well <laughs> but i call it the rule of crowdocracy Again, going back to one of the earlier episodes I did on the falling into the movement traps. What is the rule of crowdocracy? Well, Laban nailed it uh, in his book, The Crowd, and he is very, you know, very much pertinent to this discussion today and should be. The Crowd is not a, a very big read. Everyone who's not familiar with the book, The Crowd, should go check it out. But he says, It is not necessary that a crowd should be numerous for the faculty of seeing what is taking place before its eyes to be destroyed and for the real facts to be replaced by hallucinations unrelated or, uh, yeah, unrelated to them. As soon as a few individuals are gathered together, they constitute a crowd. And though they should be distinguished men of learning, they assume all the characteristics of of crowds with regard to the matters outside their speciality. 
there's a typo there. It says outside. It's outside. The faculty of observation and the critical spirit possessed by each of them individually at once disappears. So again, uh, addressing that dynamic of groupthink, of the crowdocracy. And Tessarion has it, the crowd is, is an oppressive institution. It is not made of people, but of slaves and program programmed robots and isn't fighting for anyone's rights. The crowd is always for enslavement. Yeah, because the when is the last time the crowd had it wrong? You know, that for not a very good argument for democracy here, because when's the last time that the majority had it right? When was the majority for good? When was there a crowd of people that was for the truth? They're not, again, because it's it goes along with a go-along-to-get-along thing. And even if we're incorrect, we'll still continue in this because the crowd and the group are going in that direction. You know, that was the argument, say what you want about Musk or not, but that about the world government forum that he got up there and said, you know, I'm actually opposed to world government because I don't think there should just be one big government. There should be, you know, different smaller national governments so that if one government gets it wrong and goes and makes a giant mistake and ends up killing everyone, there's redundancy built in by the decentralization and not the centralization in this one government. Well, the crowd is the same thing. The crowd is the centralization of thought, be it wrong or not. And, uh, you know, it's harder to, to, to change a whole crowd's way of thinking than the individual person who can change their way of thinking that actually can change the way that they see the world and change and admit the fundamental mistakes that they've made in their worldview that can be done by an individual, but it's not done by a crowd. Crowds don't do that. So that's why we, you have to get out of the crowd. You have to get out of the group think dynamic. Just checking on the jumpy Odyssey stream. It could be my settings too. Like I am broadcasting at a too high of a rate or something and they don't. Odyssey just says like 1080. You can't, and it says auto. So it's not giving you like different options to scale down to. And that's another problem there. But anyway, so back to Laban. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste preferring to defy error, if error seduce them. Whoever can supply them with illusion is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. As individual... Oh, sorry. An individual in a crowd is a grain of sand amid other grains of sand, which the wind stirs up at will. Again, basically repeating the sentiment that I was trying to get across with that series of slides. So now we'll move into a new topic of the Patriot mythology. Um, as, as part of the Movement Traps discussion, we will use the phrase Patriot mythology to refer to the various beliefs in the Patriot movements. And you can see we've got the QAnon shaman there, which basically what turned out to be a giant psyop as we all learned that he was led in by the police to wander around the Capitol building. And there's plenty of footage to show that they wanted him to do that. And they let him do that. It wasn't like he infiltrated, like, no, they brought him in for the psyop because it was a psyop. If you haven't figured that out yet for all the slow people out there, 
You think J6 wasn't a PSYOP? <laughs> oh, it was the biggest terror attack in the history of America, forgetting about 9-11, uh, where thousands and thousands of people were killed, where our own government either did or allowed uh, the planes to crash into those buildings and then blew up Building 7 with whatever means they did. Oh, no, that's not the biggest. This thing where we let these people wander around the White House and little old grannies took pictures of each other in the Oval Office or whatever, that was the biggest problem. The insurrection, right? The complete and total psyop. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm some giant big Trump supporter because I'm saying that. I'm not. I'm not political at all. I don't have politics. I don't support any politicians. I'm not that way. Uh because I, politics is slavery. It's just a form of controlling your ass. That's what it is. That's what the whole political system is designed to do. It's just a big slave system perpetuation. But the patriot mythology is a unique flavor of the f freedom and truth movements, a unique sect. And the reason why I'm using mythology to describe it is because there are a set of false information, uh, like a mythos, being peddled by gurus and influencers in the truth movement. And the realm of information creates a mythos with a large following in the truth movement. And that's why we're using it as a separate category that we'll go into. Uh, and we're going to use the term patriot mythology, which is not a, a term that I coined. Um, I, actually, this slide should be the next slide. I didn't coin the term, though. It, it comes from uh, critiquing people that critique the patriot movements. And then also I've seen other researchers like James Corbett and Clint Richardson use it quite a bit. Um, so I'm just taking that term and using it here as well. So it's not, uh, you'll find maybe even contradictions in how people describe patriot mythology if you do a quick web browser search or a search engine search online with that. But uh, examples of Patriot mythos are the straw man myths. And again, there's, there's nuances there and things that we need to understand about straw man and what that really means. But there's a sovereign citizen movement. That's another topic in the examples of Patriot mythos. Uh, constitutional rights, right? A contradiction in terms in itself. That, that rights come from the Constitution or that the government grants you your rights and that we need to somehow get them back or something like that, right? That we've lost them and we need to, this is all false. We, we have rights. We have, we are, we can act in our rights, in our right. We can, and nobody grants you these things. We are inherently uh, gifted or we assume these rights by the very nature of our being. They're not granted to you by a constitution or a piece of paper. Uh, the Federal Reserve is private mythos, right? The whole mythos around the Federal Reserve and that it's owned by private bankers. It's not a governmental organization. It's not federal. That That's all completely false, false information. It is an independent organization of the government. Uh, the Federal Reserve is actually, that's what it, exactly what it's called, is an independent government organization. It's not private and it's not... Uh, it's not something that uh, 
is owned in the private by private shareholders that you can't prove that that's the mythos that you've been given that you're going along with and there are interpretations of even the federal reserve act that you're just skewing to fit that model that you think because you this is part of the truth movement mythos and the patriot mythology that the federal reserve is a private organization and it's known as what's called an independent agency of the government that's what it is and it does have things where Ben Bernanke stands up and says, well, we're no, uh, or Alan Greenspan, sorry, said, there are no agencies of government that have power over what the Federal Reserve does. But he's in front of Congress, and he's been, he, there are certain things that by law he has to keep uh, private, to use the word, but keep out of the view of the public. That's part of you know, the laws that are created around the creation of the Federal Reserve, but it doesn't make it a private organization. And J.P. Morgan and the Rothschilds aren't the largest shareholders in it's it's government and the banks and this, the different banks in the Federal Reserve system are the shareholders. And they're actually required by law to be large shareholders in the Federal Reserve system if they want to be a part of the banking system. But we're not going to break the whole thing down here. We're going to save that for probably like an entire episode going into just this topic because it is such a big topic in the Patriot mythos about, oh, the Federal Reserve is this outside organization and there's all this like G. Edward Griffin, Eustace Mullins mythology that's just straight up incorrect that gets peddled again through the truth movements. And I'm not pro-Federal Reserve because I'm explaining that. It's just like, we need to be accurate in the way that we see the world. If we want to actually change anything, we, we've been manipulated on purpose to misunderstand these things, to not be able to effectively affect any chip change because we don't understand how it actually works because there's psychological operations being perpetuated in the truth movement to make us like this guy, you know, the QAnon shaman. If you, QAnon was just a giant psychological operation ran by the intelligence agencies and or the military. It wasn't a legit insider leaking information. It was a psyop to see how they could affect the patriot movements and how they could get them to actually even do things like what happened on J6, which was just another larger psyop in the overall unfolding of the psyops. If we need to go back to the psyop meme, I can and then there's, you know, the economic collapse. Oh, the economic collapse is happening. There's oh, this giant looming thing that's always have been happening since like forever, right? That it's never really actually turns into the collapse that everybody thinks that it is. But again, it's complicated because it is in a collapse. It's been in a collapse. It was designed to devaluate the currency and steal the wealth, right? But it's and then make you a slave, uh, usury system of slavery and uh, people profiting off your life energy force that is a thing just because we're exposing that that's not a fire privately owned banking system doesn't mean that it's not a malicious nefarious evil system it is and if you look at the larger imf world bank strategy of how they actually take over countries that are not as wealthy as uh, some of the other countries like you know the united states or Canada or, or whatever, um, Western world countries, um, they'll go and actually lend them money that they know they can't pay back just to get them involved in the slavery system. 
All right, so that's the model of the BIS and the World Bank and what and the IMF. But the economic collapse thing, right? It's part of the patriot mythos. It's part of what's become mainstream truth or fear porn is that there's this collapse that's going to happen and it's all going to happen at once. And the fact that this uh, corrupt SVB bank went under is a sign that it's all starting to unfold and the super hyperinflation that's coming, even though inflation is actually really low now, the rate of inflation anyway, and it's gone way down since the COVID and it's not continuing to skyrocket. And uh, that was all supposed to be a thing though, right? We were going to have this hyperinflation and the markets were all going to crash and here we are just continuing on. That's not happening. It's uh, not in the way that it's described like what's going to happen, right? It's it's just more fear, more fear, more fear, more fear pumping in by our own communities, by our own people that are supposed to be fully awake, fully aware, fully enlightened people pushing the fear, 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 fear campaigns of the economic collapse are just doing it to ourselves at this point. It's not even a government ran psyop. It's just no. And that's, you know, that's not true either because they're definitely fueling that fire. Uh, but yeah, there are in the Patriot mythology also various frameworks on legal status and ways to get certain types of paperwork to gain back your freedom and you file this thing with the IRS and now you've taken back your freedom, right? And there's a lot of that like we've described. And so this, again, we're going to go more into these things. This is just a higher level overview of some of what we'll be talking about in the coming episodes of Falling in the Movement Traps. And again, there's many more on the last line there. There's many, many more. Uh, but just a little humor here again. The QAnon believers, when the big date comes and literally nothing happens. And that you can swap out QAnon for like the truth community. And then like the the cognitive dissonance, right? Or the the bias towards, you know, the theory. Oh, yeah, it's all coming together now, <laughs> right? Like... I thought uh I thought everything was supposed to collapse in 2021. I thought I thought you had this uh date to the Shemitah uh the Jubilee, right? What, what wasn't that all supposed to happen already or wasn't there a uh the disclosure of all the information that Trump on his 40 chess he was going to get out and it was like it never happens and nothing ever comes of it and but they're like still going to just stay in that cognitive dissonance uh, in that spell basically. And continue to believe the lies. So again, the focus on economic solutions. Many people in the so-called truth movements, quote-unquote, focus on various economic theories and economic solutions to the problem of human slavery. And it's not that there aren't new systems that could be built that don't involve usury or things like that or that are different than what we have now, but it's not understanding the true fundamental building blocks of how we're actually going to change things from a world of slavery to a world of pro-human freedom, pro-human liberty. And that regards uh, truth and, you know, philosophy and things like that at a higher level than like I was saying, putting those up as the primary things. No, we got to go around it. And they're only looking at it from this economic. If we just, if we're anarcho-capitalist and we have our Bitcoin that's going to make everybody free. And again, going back to, to what I was saying about giving people information, that's not the only thing that's going to change. If you just 
give people a free economic system in a world of people that are mentally enslaved, complete slaves in their mind, you're not freeing anybody. There's no free economy here. There's no free market. You can't have these things in a world of slavery and people that want to be slaves and they're comfortable slaves and that will protect and defend their slavery mindset and slavery system. You can't just give them this free, free market, free, awesome economy and suddenly everyone just becomes free because of the new thing right? That's not the way to, that's going to be affected. We have to address the underlying conditions of the slavery, not uh, just the move the deck chairs around on the sinking Titanic, right? So again, focusing on economic solutions and not understanding the dynamics of true freedom. This is another big problem in the truth and freedom movements. And then also that the belief in the truth or freedom movements continue uh, people continue to believe that voting the right people into power will be the solution to human slavery, or that we uh, could be able to use the political system to change things, right? There's still that. There's still that in the, even like the libertarian community of, of uh, more kind of like Republican libertarians that still think like Trump was the best thing since sliced bread, right? And that if we can just get him back in the office or people that are still voting in general, obviously don't understand the dynamics, right? Um, they don't understand that they're perpetuating their own slavery, that they don't understand that that's all that system is designed there to do is to control your ass and make you a slave. That's what politics is. That's what government is. That's what democracy, that's what the republic is. That's what the constitution is set up to do, to enslave your ass. And uh, somebody who understood that completely and put it out there in the constitution of no authority and really just kind of shed all the illusion around the, the piece of paper being the authority. Um, he says, a man is no less a slave because he is allowed to choose a new master once in a term of years. And that's Lysander Spooner. And just to make it really clear again, external forms of government are slavery. And we're not talking about internal governance. We're not talking about the master at home. Again, government meaning mind control. So if you have external mind control, then you're under control. You are a slave. But if you are governing yourself, controlling your mind, you know, controlling yourself, then that is a good form of government. So there's, again, dualism. There's context. What is the context of the thing that we're putting out there? Right? So changing government from the inside. I, I knew a guy once who thought he could do that, and it was Adam Kokesh. So he says, dude, you can't change things from the inside. And it's like that uh, Dumb and Dumber meme. So you're telling me there is a chance, right? Like just ignoring the fact, right? And just another turncoat slash snake in the long grass. Um, I said I wasn't really going to name names necessarily, but, you know, I believe this individual to be someone who attempts to take advantage of the freedom movement and just say all the things even though he himself is really just manipulating his audience to be in a sort of cult and a lot of people might not even know these days the younger crowd who adam kokesh is or was um but the people who do know that he ran for president and so that's kind of funny the meme here but a system of slavery cannot be used to change things for the better. You can't use evil to create good. You don't, that's not how things work. You don't get to use 
um, a system based in and surrounded by and perpetuating slavery and then use that for a tool of good to change the world for better. It's more about previously the our Buckminster Fuller classic quote of, you know, creating new systems that make the old systems obsolete, right? And not just building a new economic system. How about a system of way of being in the world? How about a way of protecting yourself from that system, right? Uh, the, and knowing that that system may still always exist and not being utopian about it, like you're going to abolish it all. That's what Adam Kokesh was actually trying to do in that campaign and not addressing the underlying um, causes, the causality of that, but addressing the leaves on the tree of evil, right? So even the truth movement, uh, libertarians, and I know I put the libertarian party, but I'm including just regular old libertarians too that aren't in the party, but they consider themselves to be a libertarian or voluntarists, especially anarchists. They are also still attached to false axiomatic premises. So just because there's been a lot of talk about how people in general or the the masses are attached to uh, false axiomatic principles. Well, so are so is the freedom community. So is the truth community. So are the anarchists. So are the voluntarists. So are the libertarians. They hold false axiomatic premises. They have contradictions in their worldview that they aren't addressing. They say and do and act on these things that are false and not true. So the so-called... Uh, principles of these philosophies are more based in utilitarianism and not really fundamental axioms. They're just based in what works to fit into that worldview and squeezed in there as more of a utilitarian component of how the utopian world should be that we want to live in. Um, And they're not actually observable principles or observable fundamental axioms of the way the universe works, but more just... uh, strapped on and things bolted together that don't even fit together to build these so-called principles um, just to really kind of fit your already preconceived worldview and notions that are in these cults, in these movements, right? So we'll get more into that definitely down the road, and that may be uncomfortable for a lot of us, and that will maybe even be uncomfortable for me, because I know how sensitive that is to go and talk about these particular topics and how widely accepted some of the axioms, quote-unquote, are that we're going to be talking about and breaking down. And uh, people that I even rub shoulders with or have worked with or still do work with may be a little shocked to hear how I take some of these things and the way that I see it, actually. And the way that I've made mistakes and now have to correct those mistakes now. And then, of course, there's the claim of being awake. This term is completely overutilized to the point where it does not even have any context anymore. And many, many people in the movements claim to be quote-unquote awake when they are really nothing of the sort whatsoever at all. And not living even what they promote and propose. Now, there are people that are more legitimately awake, but I am even not comfortable with using the term because on the path that I'm on, I feel like there are still things that I need to get done, that I need to work towards, that I haven't even begun to do yet in aligning what I understand 
with the way that I act in the world. And at least I'm being honest about that. At least I just said what I just said, and I'm not trying to act like I'm some fucking perfect being up here that's doing it all 100% correct, and everybody should just do it the way I do it, right? No, I'm admitting that I think people jump, and even myself, have claimed to have been on a certain level of understanding of things when really my understanding was shit, when really my understanding wasn't there at all, when really my understanding was completely incorrect, and then the my actions in life still have a long ways to go to get to the point where I'm even more comfortable to say, yeah, I have walked a path to being awake. I am now outside of the legal fiction. I am now outside of the legal matrix and all. I'm more what I like to call in the secondary matrix where, yeah, I realize a lot of things, but my ability even to affect it, changing myself in my own life is limited and hard a hard path to go down and you get, you build up steam in a certain direction and that ship is hard to turn, but man, I'm cranking on that wheel though. I am trying, I am really going to give it an effort, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are quote unquote awake and it's just, it's completely a facade. It's just virtue signaling horseshit and it's getting more and more disturbing really to see how much this term is really just thrown around. All right. So the next topic of falling into the movement traps that we'll be going down more into as well are the truthers uh, that we would consider to be militant truthers, all right? And uh, another slide, I was uh, putting these slides together right before the show today, folks, and that slide also has the words from the duplicated slide on it, but militant truther, an example of that in a meme. And I, I literally saw people sharing this around in uh online as if like this is a good thing to be like this guy and I, I get it but really you're ruining your relationships with people because you're so adamant about rubbing shit in their face all the time like you can't get together with someone and have a beer and just talk about other stuff or like business that you want to have or you know, how things are going with you, but you have to be this like militant, I'm always going to be pushing this agenda of this thing in your face all the time. You know, that's another reason actually why I do this <coughs> here so that I can know that I am doing something about putting out the information that I want to put out, but not having to broadcast it in every single circle or every single discussion I have with a guy at the freaking convenience store or whatever or somebody i'm just getting to know i don't need to go and ruin my relationship with this person that i don't even really actually even know yet because i won't shut up about a certain aspect of a certain thing that i might in a lot of cases i might not even be actually correct about i'm not saying me necessarily but a lot of the time in the truth communities it's stuff that's not even really actually the case like i said there's all these fundamental axioms that aren't actually axioms at all and it's like just insanity and the people i've seen people ruin their lives for the sentiment that this meme i know it's just a meme but it's true people sever relationships with people around them that actually love them because they're so militant about their trutherness right so i i, I again saw people actually sharing this out there like it's a good thing that i'm ruining my relationships with people and like all of them okay so your mother 
your father. And there's people that would say, well, you said you should have a higher relationship with the truth and then others. Right. But you don't need to then sever and ruin relationships with people. That's not going to be the way to change them. That's not going to be the way to get people to see things the way you do or even try to help understand if you're ruining your relationships with them. I mean, that's, uh, in my opinion, this is disgusting. That you're willing, you think it's funny that you're ruining your relationships with people? How about trying to, uh, you know, be the bigger person and still be able to discuss things with people, but in a way that doesn't make them feel like they need to ruin their relationship with you? I mean, there could be a way to go about it, what you're trying to do, but not in a way that makes people not want to be around you. And I've, I've even made this mistake in the past. So here's militant truthers. A militant truther will inject their truth agenda into places where it does not fit in. And then they will pretend that they have done the correct thing regardless of the outcome. And then this, this thing, how you feel spreading awareness. And it's like, you know, the big masculine man with like, really with his third eye acted. But this is like the outside perception, right? <laughs> it's like, here's how others see you spreading uh, awareness. I thought that was pretty good. So then the final topic is going to be influencers. And <laughs> I think it may be a little bit synchromistic that like that's the text that carried over in the slides that I duplicated that I forgot to update. But um, we will be getting into influencers as well. So I just didn't have time to prepare uh, slides on that. But in the future, we'll go into a whole episodes of breaking down the influencers problem in the truther movement and the fallacies in the truth movement. Influencers are a huge part of that. So I, back a long time ago in the struggle for freedom, I believe I made this, the path to freedom is the path of the individual, not any group or collective. And the point was, you know, going back again to that, the, the true relationship with truth and the self are the higher level priority components of being a good person, right? Someone who's doing the right thing. Well, that's why it's the path of the individual. It's not something you're going to do in a group or collective. But I had people that were like, well, you never did it all yourself. Like, you got to have friends and you got to have people help it. They didn't understand the point I was trying to make. So I actually went back after getting into a discussion with those people about what I was trying to say that doesn't matter. It's still your path. It's still the thing the individual needs to do. The group or the collective isn't going to help you get on that path. So I revised the slide to be a little bit more specific. And it says, your path to freedom is uniquely your own. It is not the path, or it is the path of the individual and can never be the same for any group or collective. It would literally be impossible for two or more people to take the same journey and discover the path because it is not something that can be duplicated ever. Right, and that's to these people that, again, this is where a lot of the patriot mythology, like, if you're just the Rothschild, as long as you know that, and you know that uh, the creature from Jekyll Island, and uh, and then you go and you file this uh, thing in the paperwork, and you, and and they try to duplicate a path that, like, if you know these facts, you'll become along, and then you'll find that path to freedom, and, or if you just do what I'm doing, everything would be changed. If everybody just put out content and tried to explain this shit to everyone, then we'd be free. And it's, again, you're prescribing a path of 
to get an outcome that you can't possibly know where someone is going to end up or how they're going to journey down that path. You know, but again, like with something like falling into the movement traps, we can help them along that path. But I'm not going to go and prescribe to you the solution that you should take and unfold in your own life or how it's going to work for you. That would be impossible for me to do. But through what I'm doing and through the various mistakes that we make on that path, um, the truth movement has some advantages on their journey and through all the fallacies. And we covered that in the beginning that at least there are a lot of the people seeking truth are at least willing to admit to the fallacies if someone can point them out or if they discover them themselves, right? So through our mistakes, we will end up becoming wise, right? Through making the mistakes on the journey, even if you make mistakes every day continuously and continue to do so forever, as long as we're going through that growth path and as long as we're using uh, the the law of non-contradiction and things like the trivium to break apart the contradictions and then adding in more grammar and then working on the way that our rhetoric looks based on that information and not ending there but recycling again back into that process then there are some highlights of or some lights at the end of the tunnel here on where this could go and truthers at least when given information in a clear way will usually move forward toward the truth if it contra- even if it contradicts previous notions so not all the truthers and not the ones that are trying to manipulate you like i mentioned that do come to know certain things but then turn around and just use that information to manipulate other people in the truth community but those that are open and willing and honestly in an honest endeavor to grow and become more wise so learning through learning and growing and eventually through mistakes is what that should stay those things that are not true. So again, once we discover those things that aren't true, we will become wise. But ultimately, all the revolutions are controlled, circular, and did not result in the intent of the revolutionaries or bring about true lasting change, right? And that's why we have the circle picture here. And revolution means to go around again in in a circle, to go back to the beginning to not really go anywhere, right? And this is, again, the illustration of another slide I wanted to have next to this but didn't have the time was the cybernetic circular loop of the truth or movements that we perpetuate all the false information, disinformation uh, ourselves, that we are perpetuating the endless circle of revolution through the truth movements, the freedom movements that, you know, that is actually causing not an evolution in human psychology, not a move towards more freedom. It's just a revolution back around again in the cycle of tyranny. So uh, from Aquinas on Liberty, you can find this full essay, basically, from that handle, the person Aquinas on Liberty, and the last slide here in the deck, and a good one to close it out, says... True liberty is an essential property of objective truth and morality. Therefore, there can be no true liberty in a civilization that enshrines moral relativity. When humans feel, think, and act consistently within this natural law, the result will be liberty. Until then, we are simply handed privileges disguised as freedoms by our masters. 
one of the best encapsulations of how it works and how natural law works and how uh, uh, what Passio calls the law of freedom there in that slide from Aquinas on liberty. Uh, but yeah, the, the only way to bring about true freedom is through moral right action and having a humanity and a, and a large number of human beings being moral human beings and not perpetuating the immoral, moral relativist system of government and man's law, which is inherently moral, morally relative and cannot be moral. There can be no system where people claim that other human beings have authority over other human beings and that be a moral system. So the only way to true freedom is through uh, a people that are moral. And through our, again, through the path that we're going down to discover more about what is true and what is not. And on that path, if we're honestly pursuing that path, we will become more wise to actually how to live this way and live in harmony with nature and its law. And do I have plenty of work to still do in that realm? Yes, I do. Am I perfect for putting these thoughts forward and putting this, uh, this uh, information out there? Does that make me a perfect human being that's absolutely 100% you know, superior and better than everybody? No, that doesn't. That's not what it does. That's, part, that's also part of admitting that I know that I'm not living exactly perfect life. I'm, I'm not claiming to be. But we are through, you know, un, uh, my, through my understanding, I'm hoping to help other people become more enlightened and discover a lot of the pitfalls again today on the main topic of what we went into here on falling into the movement traps. So that's uh, all the slides in the presentation. I do appreciate uh, everyone's time and attention for going through that with me. I know I fumbled a few things. Um, you know, I know that it, there's uh, a lot of aspects of how I present that could, you know, be improved. But if you go back and look at early, earlier work that I did, it's I, I cringe and uh, don't even like to listen to some of the stuff that I put out. So I'm also in a process of attempting to improve my skill set and getting better at um, doing presentations like this and it's not a end-all be-all thing where right now I'm perfect at doing that it's still a work that I'm going to continue to work on and continue to try to improve my skill set with with that so again today movement traps fallacies in the movement trap there's a lot to be said there about what we need to go back into a lot of those things are going to be gone into in way more depth than we did here today this was not meant to be the in-depth presentation that is the mind blowing change your mind on, on how you might've been wrong about things in the truth movement or not. This was an, a reintroduction, a continuation in a way, but also reintro into the topics so that we can then go into episodes more in depth on one particular aspect, or we'll go into the federal reserve and the private, you know, mythology about around it being private. We'll break that down. The next episodes may or may not be slideshow presentation-y as much as in more like live research, like here are the facts, we're going to put them up in front of you, here are the clips, here are the things, and then, you know, may not have any slides at all in some of them. So we'll talk about that. And uh, getting into some 
of the future things the next up i want to get into more of the federal reserve mythology and the economic collapse stuff I, that, that'll be probably more the imminent stuff that's coming up more soon um, but then also we'll, we'll also be getting into more solutions um, again knowing certain facts about the fed isn't going to be the path to freedom um, but we do need to set the record straight and try to help people not pass in bad information downstream but that's not going to like uncover the key to getting out of the modern slave system like just knowing correct things about the fed right but overall again this presentation and these topics are more geared for the fact that we know that there's this bad stream of information out there happening and we're trying to dam it up and maybe avert it somewhere else and not have it be part of the quote-unquote truth and freedom communities that i even want to and continue to want to associate myself with because i do feel like these are the higher level consciousness people on the planet that actually are going to be able to do something. So we're more trying to reflect back some of the mistakes within our own community to say, hey, look, you know, we've got this wrong, guys. We can't continue to say this or we're all going to look foolish because of this particular thing that you're perpetuating downstream that's just not true. So <clears throat> with that said, um, it's a busy time of year for me. Going into the next couple months, I know of several weeks i will not be even around to do this uh these presentations that we're talking about so we're going to be getting it in where we can but we might be looking at a few episodes in early august coming up next because the next few weeks in july are pretty much slammed for me and then there's other things in august that are going to take my time and uh, my time away and then there's things in september that are going to take my time away but then getting into the more winter months and getting back into October and fall and October and November and December. That's when I hope to get into spending the time to put these presentations out in a bigger way. So for now, the next things we can expect again are going to be a few episodes in August, a few episodes in September, and then I'll get back into these uh, bigger things that we need to unpack. So for now, I was, I'm happy to be able to get this one out because it was a good review of what I intend to get more into. And I think even though I didn't go in way depth, I think even today there were some tidbits and some Easter eggs in there for people to really chew on and think about, about some of the things that you may have accepted and, and that could be incorrect and deal with that and, you know, take it on and let's get to, uh, again, Oh, I was wrong about that. Oh man. I can't believe I was wrong about that. Oh, look, I was, I've put out podcasts on this thing and it was totally wrong. Like the, you know, a lot of people I think are guilty of that with the whole uh, economic collapse stuff or the federal reserve system mythos that gets pushed. I know personally people like in life, personal friends that put out work still that are, that's incorrect and misleading and ends up just adding it's the fear porn the fear porn the fear porn the crash the thing is coming oh my god did you see and it's just adding even sometimes like i said intentionally because that's how they get their revenue or unintentionally because they're trying to pass along good information but there's so there's so much a deluge of bad information out there so we're going to wrap this episode up today because we're at about two and a half hours now and I got to get out of this hot room and these hot lights. But I will either uh, have an episode ready for next Saturday or not. Definitely won't at the end of the month. The 29th is actually my birthday and I'll be out camping for that one. 
uh, early August is where we'll get back doing another episode of Liberty Lifestyle, give you some updates on my projects that I had been discussing and some of the things that we have been keeping up on with Liberty Lifestyle. And then again, back out again in August later, that'll be hard for me to get back. So a little bit of hit and miss here on the schedule coming up, um, but we will be back to do more and more on this. This is going to be my focus is these movement trap topics. The higher level overview I gave today, we're going to be going in more depth. And I, I put a lot on myself when I say that. And then I, I know I'm going to be out and traveling in the next few months. And then all I'll be able to think about is, man, I wish I could get that presentation done. So I'm trying to set it up so that there isn't that sort of unnecessary pressure, but the the proper pressure that we will be continuing on with the freedom movements, uh, truth movements, the fallacies within these movements, because I, I personally feel like it's a something I have some good insights on and a good ability to pick apart and break down. So I, I'm adapted to do with that skill set already. And then I feel like as you go down the truth movement path, that this actually becomes the thing is picking apart the bullshit within the movements and the truth movements. And then that actually gets us all closer to the actual solutions that we can implement and work on in our own lives um, without it necessarily being a pre-prescribed thing that everybody's going to do the same thing. But we can definitely say what the things aren't, right? But through the process of negation is how we'll find the right path for us, right? By knowing what not to do, the things not to fall into. So today, the outro music that I chose is going to be from Pink Floyd. This is from the recording live at Pompeii. And while I was like ripping a episode or a a download from it from online, I found actually that in my archive, I actually had 4K revitalized, remastered version of this song already. This is Careful With That Axe, Eugene, the recording from Live at Pompeii. Not for a whole lot of reasons other than it's an awesome song, awesome recording, awesome band, one of my favorites. Uh, Live at Pompeii is probably my favorite album. Uh, Put that on, on the 4K on your big screen and watch it. I'll get into it here. I'm going to exit with this song and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much.
Thank you.